Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart.
us, that you would comfort us. God, we, we, we owe every good thing in our life to you, God. I pray that you would help us to do better for you, God. To not even have a hint of immorality in our life, God, to not even be a, a speck. That's what you want us to strive for, is that perfection in your son. We love to throw out phrases of compromise. And Father, we don't want to do that. We want to, we want to expect you to do big things in our life. And we need to focus on what we say about ourselves, what we say about you, what we say about others, God. Help us to be a little more fine-tuned tonight, God, so that as we take on the day tomorrow, we can do it a whole lot better tomorrow than we did today. Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated for a few minutes. So, there was this incident a couple of years ago, and it was on one of our moves. I, don't, I can't remember if it was one of our moves to across the country, but I had rented a U-Haul, and I could have sworn that this U-Haul took unleaded gas. I was just sure of it. Because most of the U-Hauls I've rented took unleaded gas. And it just so happens that I put unleaded gas in this U-Haul and it was a diesel. And I didn't run it. Like I put it in there and then I saw the big sticker the big sticker that says, Court Riddle, you big dummy. This is a diesel truck. I'm, it didn't say all that, but it did say diesel only. And so I thought, man, I'm not a mechanic, but I probably shouldn't try to drive out of here, right? I know I've got insurance on it, but I don't know if the insurance is going to cover for being a dummy and ruining the engine or transmission on this vehicle, right? And I was just thinking about this today, earlier in my office, and I was able to spend um, all the day here today, and I was just thinking about, this is what Christians do. They expect transformation from God, but then they try to move in a direction with God on the wrong kind of fuel. And I don't know if you guys have done this, but I've done this. I've tried to run my life in the wrong kind of gasoline, the wrong kind of fuel. And, and when we do that, I think it's pretty clear where I'm going with that. When we do that, our engine is going to fail. We're going to have some, some, some sputtering. We're going to have some smoke. We're going to have some damage in our life because we didn't follow the instructions that God gave us to be obedient to him, to listen to him, to submit to him, right? To love him and to love people. Big sticker he gives us in the form of a Bible, right? So when Christians walk around and they say, I didn't know, God says, well, I've already told you. I've given you, I haven't just told you audibly, I've, I've, I've put it in a document, a new covenant, on how you're supposed to allow me to transform your life. Now, some of us, we resist transformation. We want to try to run on the wrong fuel. How do, how do we resist a transformation? Well, we, we make excuses. I mean, you guys had probably a list of 20 reasons not to come tonight. The enemy will provide you the reasons that you need to not be in the house of God. The enemy will provide you the reasons that you need not to tithe, not to give, not to support your local church. The enemy will give you reasons not to be loving to your spouse. He will give you reasons to damage 
yourself and other people through the art of excuses. Now, I'm not preaching on excuses, but I am tempted. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you tonight. I'm not going to... I'm going to preach long. It's not really a, a teaching tonight. But Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By what? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That was Romans 12.2. Now, what does that tell us? That, that tells us what fuel to run on to experience the Holy Ghost transforming power in our life. And that fuel is learning, getting in the Word, understanding that our behavior and the way we think is not going to change by the world's standards. I hate to say it this way because it, it sounds counter-church or anti-church, but your life cannot change by simply listening to a preacher. Amen. Your life cannot change. You cannot be transformed by sitting and just, just occupying space in a, in a church or in a ministry. Your life is changed as you change other lives, right? Candace, can you walk out and make a call, please? You can figure out who it is. And so 2 Peter 3.17 says, You already know these things, dear friends, to be on guard, that you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose what? Your own secure, or most versions say, a sure footing. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys understand this, but the Apostle Paul is talking to believers. If you're not a believer, you don't have a footing in the first place. If you're a believer, your footing is in the gospel. It's in the way. Jesus is the way. That, that is the culture that we're supposed to live in. We're supposed to live in the culture of being different, vastly different than the world around us. I don't know if you guys saw this. I, I actually did not see it until I just came in. Uh, before I came into service, and it's a commercial that's out right now, and it's about Jesus, but it's about a counterfeit woke Jesus. Amen. You already know what I'm talking about, don't you? Amen. Where you have a homosexual couple, and Jesus is tending to washing their feet. And you have this person, I don't, I'm not, I don't know all the pictures and what they think they were trying to represent, but, but here's what I want to say about it, is, is Jesus favors the righteous. Amen. Amen. Father God does not favor the unrighteous. So if you're sitting in here tonight and you see a commercial like that, and you're, oh man, that's, yeah, that's Jesus, then you're not in the Word. Because, because that is a defilement before God. Oh, well, Pastor, don't get judgy. Don't get rude. Don't get mean. Don't, this, is why, this is why we don't have two services. We're not full, Pastor, because you say stuff like this. You mean stuff like what the Bible says? Amen. I don't want a full church of people like that. Amen. I don't want people coming in here thinking that God is okay with them staying in sin. That includes you. That includes me. That includes everybody. It's not just homosexuals. It's not just drug addicts. It's not just prostitutes. We've got to stop elevating sin. Amen. And we've got to start saying, you know what, God? You don't like any sin at all in my life. Not even one hint. Right. And it's got me a... 
a mocha before service. <laughs> I mean, holy smoke. That's not, that's not good on my watch. That's not good. Marissa, just sit here and be ready. You're a cardiac nurse. You're going to need Josh because I'm a big boy to move me, all right? I love how Ephesians gives us some very cutting words. Ephesians 4.30, I love what it says in the New Living. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now, a lot of people can take that verse in a whole lot of unholy ways. But let me explain it to you. God expects us to have the intention and the fruit that follows after righteousness. If you don't have an intent to be pleasing to God... I, if it's me, if I'm doing that and my intent is not to please God, if I'm not grieved when I make a mistake, there's a problem there. Because now I'm not experiencing one of the greatest traits or giftings that the Holy Spirit offers us, which is conviction. You've heard me say this a million times in the last four years. Is when you stop feeling the conviction of the Holy Ghost, you, you need to start, you, you need to be concerned. Amen. I remember years ago when, when Bailey and Hayden were little, we would walk through the mall, and, and y'all are going to. Some of you may not like this example, but like, this, is, this is real church. All right? Get over it. Get over it before I say it. Look at your neighbor and say, get over it before he says it. <laughs> but I would teach my boys. Can they still remember this? He's part of this. And I would teach my boys. They were little. And they didn't have a draw into this area yet. But I knew they would, because all men do. Y'all know where I'm going with this. We'll be walking through the mall. You keep your face forward. You don't need to look in Victoria's Secret. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Victoria's got no secret. We know what's going on with Victoria, okay? <laughs> It ain't nothing good. It ain't nothing holy. There's nothing righteous. You, you guys learn to put your eyes in a direction that's away from temptation. We got to do that as adults. We've got to, part of our transformation means submitting to the Father, the Holy Ghost, the conviction that says, hey, if you look in that direction too long, you're going to start wanting something that I don't want you to want. And when you start wanting something that I have not called you to want, now you have now entered into, you're passing up temptation, and now you are in full-blown sin. Right? And we know that, that that temptation that leads to that, if you fall for it, you're, you're now being impregnated with a thought that will eventually give birth if you do not stop it. Right? Everything that you conceive, whether it's holy or unholy, will eventually give birth. It's really good. Y'all should probably write that down. Um, Ephesians 4.23 Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I, I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is learning to intentionally make the choice to put Jesus on every day. Well, Pastor, 
Jesus lives in my heart. No, he doesn't. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Jesus is not living on the inside of you. He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession on your behalf. The Holy Ghost lives on it. All of those child songs are wrong. We need to change those. Just change them. I get the premise. I get it's innocent. But biblically, we got to understand that, that the three persons of God, these individuals of God, of God the Father, have their own impressions and power in our life. And when you start allowing the Holy Spirit to use you to do good stuff, the outcome, guess what? The intervention is the Holy Ghost, and the outcome is freedom. If we try to apply the intervention of the world to produce a godly outcome, that never happens. An intervention from the world produces a religious answer. Are y'all following me? That's really good stuff. I've never said that before. Because intervention, it's not me. I don't come up with good stuff. Y'all should know that by now. Everything stupid I say is from me. Everything good is God. All right? So we've got to allow the transformation of God in our lives. Did you guys, when y'all were growing up, maybe they still have this. I don't think they do. But when I was growing up, you guys are growing up, you've got the emergency broadcast signal on your TV. I wish I could use that as my ringtone just to remind me to win souls daily, you know? Because it's just like creepy and weird. And when you're a kid, you're like, I was watching one of the shows that I love is The Outer Limits from the 60s. You guys ever watch that on TV? It's so good. The aliens look terrible, but they're, it's, it's cool. But they're, they're, so, they're so clean. You know what I mean? They're so clean. And they're, they're, they're sci-fi, but they don't go overboard. It's not, you know, all these weird theories. Anyways, and I was watching the other day, and Cooper comes in. And it was this gorilla-looking guy by a lake, and he scares this girl, and she runs off. And Cooper said, ooh, Dad, what's that? And I said, I don't know. This is from the 60s, it's not very good. But I said, Cooper, it's pretend. And we've been talking about what's, what's fake and what's real. And, and he, goes, he goes, Dad, you know, Santa is fake, but Jesus is real. I said, yeah, I know, Cooper. I'm, I'm the one that told you that. <laughs> when God is transforming us, he will put things in front of our eyes, like almost like a movie reel, almost like a TV show. And he will show you areas not to step into. He will show you areas to get out of. He will show you areas where you can flee, where you can get away. How many of you understand and remember the Bible tells us to flee from wickedness, to flee from sin. You don't hang around and debate a demon. If you're hanging around and you're trying to debate a demon, you're going to get beat. you got to be strong enough in the Lord. And there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians out there, oh man, I'm, I'm called to do this and I'm called to, and, and they get in front of a person that is oppressed or possessed and they cannot handle it. I told y'all one time when I was doing chaplain work years ago, I, I, Candace and I, I think we were on a little date. That's when we had those, you know, we don't have those anymore. And, and so we, I had to do an on-call visit. It was, it was kind of late. It was maybe at 8.30 or 9, not too late. And went in, no, really no staff. And I knew the code because it was part of our, our company that I worked for. And I went in and, you know, this lady just was struggling and, and, and just, you know, close to, close to dying and um, just was acting out, real aggressive. And I think I probably told you guys this. And I brought Candace in. And she just starts bawling. She starts bawling. And I'm... And it's because she wasn't used to that. We get used to things. We like I don't, you know, it's there are times when I, I tear up on certain things, but but I, I can go and pray for somebody that's actively dying, 
And it, it doesn't bother me, yes, especially if they're not a Christian. It, it severely bothers me. But I know that I've got a job to do. I've got a call to fulfill. I've got to be able to speak in that person's life. And, and I guess the point I'm trying to get across to you is when you allow the transforming work of God to work on the inside of you out, your emotions, the way you feel, all of that changes. Because you're not working on the premise of what the world has taught us through this massive tidal wave tsunami of new age in the church. Where everybody's talking about, well, hey, if you don't feel like it, don't do it. If you don't feel this, don't do it. If you feel good, listen, just listen to your heart. And that'll, you all, oh, and your relation, oh, you must love it. It's, oh, it's just... The love at first sight, I just feel it. It's all a bunch of dog doogie. Amen. Amen. Isn't it? I mean, because the Bible is very clear. Don't listen to your heart. Listen to the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. A couple more scriptures, and we'll, we'll wrap it up tonight. Um, Colossians 2.7. Let your roots grow down into him. I love this. And let your lives be built on him. Then what happens? Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with what? Thankfulness. Goes right back to John 15 about abiding in the vine. It, it's powerful what God tries to teach us. And it's also very powerful of what we deny. What we deny. When God wants to teach us something profound, something new, something fresh, and if it's something that, that we haven't experienced before, we, we start pushing him back a bit, if we're being honest. And this is why I've always been against when, when, and I've said it too, is we'll say things like, hey, you remember in the 90s during Brownsville Revival, do you remember how the Holy Spirit moved? Man, I wish the Holy Spirit would move like that now. I get it. I've said those things. And those are not wrong statements, but they are They are directed based on a feeling or an unction, what I experienced, what I saw, when really what we should be saying is, Holy Spirit, you do things the way you want to do them. Because when you do things the way you want to do them, that's when people change. If we start trying to follow a pattern of what we thought was holiness in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, and we try to mimic that, we're already out of the will of God. Because we're telling God, God, I know when you're moving in power because it looks like this. And that's a mistake. That's a mistake because we miss miracles in front of our eyes every single day. None of you tonight are going to go to sleep thinking that it's your last night to sleep. None of you are. Well, maybe you are now, because I said that. You could, you're going to be like, uh, Lord, I think I'll just watch The Outer Limits tonight and not go to sleep, right? But seriously, people don't usually think that way unless they have been giving a, uh, a death sentence. Right? Most people are going to go to bed tonight and they're going to be Thinking about tomorrow. And the Lord says, you don't need to be thinking about tomorrow. Right? You need to be focused on what I'm doing in your life today. Right? One thing I want to mention before I, I close this out tonight is one of the areas that, that really transforms us, that we once again, push back against God is trials. The trials that we go through in life. 
Um, this emergency broadcast, um, you know, when you hear that emergency broadcast, it's, it's an interruption of your ordinary life. It's an interruption. That's what a trial is. A trial is an interruption of your ordinary life. I, I don't know about you guys, but if you can think back, without the trials that God has brought you through, would you really be sitting here tonight grateful and thankful and, and hope of what he's going to do? Because what he showed himself approved as your father through the fire and through the floods, and he brought you through it still breathing. He brought you through it. And I'll give you this last example tonight. I probably have used this before. Got to get some new material. But a sponge. You know, a sponge is going to soak up whatever it touches. Right? When you're under a trial, that sponge is being squeezed. And when you're under that trial, and what comes out of that sponge is what's on the inside of you. What's on the inside of you? Have you filled yourself in your life soaking up the word of God so that when you hit that trial, and there's a squeezing effect. And can we just be honest that sometimes God allows the squeezing? I know as Christians, we, we've been taught a whole lot of misinformation about Trials and tribulations. That if you're at this certain level, God's not going to make you go through anything. You're going to be healed instantly. You're not going to have problems. You're not going to lose a loved one. You're not all garbage that's not in the Word of God. What is in the Word of God is I went through all this stuff. You're certainly going to go through it. I was the Son of God. I just feel like Jesus is saying, duh. You're not even the Son of God. You're not sinless. But I, you think I'm good? No, I'm not giving you a vacation. You're going to go through some things that may not be as bad as what Jesus went through. Maybe they will. But when we go through those things, what's coming out of us, right, is who we are. And this is what I mean, this is what I learned so much at being in end of life situations. Is you could have been a pastor for 60 years, and every person that you've known has seen you to be a righteous man of God. But at the end of life, that sponge is being squeezed. And what is truly on the inside of you is what is being seen by everyone around you. Your life comes out. Right? What do we say about the uh, at the cemetery, the hedge, the, you know, the, the stone, the, the the you know, they're called different things, different the memorial, rock, whatever. And but the most important part is the dash in between the dates. It's not your birth, it's not your death, it's it's the dash. What what are you doing with the dash? In your life, are you allowing? Because guess what, guys? We can't allow, we can't transform and, and conform to the image of Christ if we are not getting some things out of our life that are hindrances to our walk. Now, Christians don't want to hear that. But we got to do that. The New Testament church is pretty strong about saying, be ready to give everything you have away somebody else. Be ready to have things taken away. Isn't it amazing, Christians? When something is taken away from them, it's always the devil. It's always blaming the devil. Have y'all not read that far yet? Some of you are stuck in the book of Numbers. Right? You need to keep on reading and realize that the Lord gives and he takes away. He is still the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And because his end goal is to build his kingdom with people that love him. 
So whatever God has to, this is how you need to be praying for your kids, yourself, your spouse, your church. Because God, whatever you need to do to carve out, to chisel out, for that person to be saved, that's what we're praying for. Amen. All right, y'all stand with me, let's pray.